0: Hi friends, welcome back to the Jessica Hazman Podcast. I am so stoked because today I get to sit down with Alisa, who is a woman's hormone and functional nutrition expert and the owner of a company called Flow Living. They're changing the narrative for women's hormonal and menstrual healthcare, and it is quite incredible. The information that she has to share is going to literally change your life as a woman, so make sure to stay tuned. Hi, Alisa. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's
1: so great to be here, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. So I've read your book, The Woman Code, and I have shared with my followers how much it's changed my life, but I also know the story of how you even got into this expertise, but I would love for you to share that story with um, the listeners. So how did you get here?
1: Well, I I had my own hormonal you know, challenges when I was a younger woman and- they really reached a crescendo uh, to the point where I was, you know, over 200 pounds and covered face, chest, and back in cystic acne. And when I track back from the age of 12 to 22, I only got a period or a bleed five times, two of which were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. So there was obviously something wrong. But going to the doctor, um, you know, was continuously told there's nothing wrong, but if you ever should want, to, you can go on the pill. And it wasn't until I was a student at Johns Hopkins University where I was planning to become an OBGYN eventually um, that, you know, I was doing some research in the medical library and found an obstetrics journal that had a, an article referring to um, stein leventhal disease, which was the original name given to PCOS. And I really, really resonated with all the symptoms. So I took that to my gynecologist the next day. And, um, you know, she was gracious enough to see me without an appointment. And we, we did all sorts of testing. And when I finally went back to see her, she said, you know, you're right. You do have PCOS. Sorry that we've missed it for so long. You know, because at that point I had gone seven years without a diagnosis. And I said, oh, you know what's in the past is in the past. What do we do now? You know, and that was sort of a really eye-opening moment because the what sh- what they could do at that moment was really nothing. She said, "We have no cure. We have no treatment really that's effective. We can do what I now call symptom suppression or symptom mitigation with a variety of medications that were not even developed necessarily for this disorder." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. The whole thing felt very hodgepodge, hand-me-down medications. Nothing was actually going to fix me. And I said to her, I said, this is really, you know, in a logical thing for you to propose that I agree to, to take medications that aren't going to cure what's wrong or fix what's wrong, that aren't even dedicated to this disorder. Um, you know, that just doesn't make good sense. She goes, I agree, <laughs> but that's all I've got for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's just not good enough for me you know, that really was sort of what it came down to. I said, I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind and figure this out. And that sort of began a journey of really s- starting to look at, and this is be- this was, you know, 20 years ago before functional medicine was even a phrase in our collective understanding. So I, w- I had some th- access to things that were coming out of the human genome project and looking at um, epigenetic research that was being done on identical twins. And I was really, um, it really like gave me the aha, of which direction to go in, because I, it was clear there were only two levers that made a, dis- a difference <clears throat> within these identical twin sets with disease states. So, and those were diet and lifestyle. So I said, if diet and lifestyle can manipulate epigenetic outcomes, then diet and lifestyle absolutely has to be the path to manipulating and improving endocrine function and that was sort of the basis of how i began to develop the flow protocol that is in, that is sort of the you know that everybody knows about from woman code mm-hmm. and is sort of the basis of what i do at flow living and beyond that i because i saw not only the limitations of conventional medicine to deal with systemic hormonal conditions like pcos like fibroids like endometriosis I mean, let's look at lena dunham right i mean She went with so many years without knowing what it was that was wrong with her. And then by the time she did know, you know, it was really advanced her endometriosis and she received the ultimate solution that conventional medicine has Mm -hmm. for women's chronic, you know, hormonal problems, which is to remove the uterus. I mean, hysterectomies are still the most commonly performed surgical procedure on the planet. And that is seen as the best surgical solution that they ha- that we have for these issues. And that just feels really not in alignment with how advanced the technology is in the rest of our you know, medical and healthcare mm-hmm. you know, processes. So I just thought, given that I knew I wasn't the only woman suffering with hormonal issues, and in fact, um, 80% of women across their lifetime will experience a hormonal problem. And that's a staggering statistic. Men do not even, like, they're, they're not even on the same galaxy with that statistic, right? If 80% of men had a hormonal problem, there'd be, like, an entire institute <laughs> dedicated to it. Anyway, um, I just thought I wanted to build a, a, a new type of healthcare, hormonal healthcare platform for women mm-hmm. that would really support them in navigating through um, how their bodies got hormonally imbalanced in the first place and get them, you know, to provide them with the programs and products and support that would really, eff- you know, effectively and quickly move the needle to get them back to hormonal balance. And that is what Flow Living has been dedicated to doing for women around the world. So I'm really, um, you know, it was, it was really joyful as a, as a human being to go through the experience of Putting the protocol into practice in my own body and watching my weight melt off and my skin clear up and my cycles come back and my ovulation come back and to be able to have a child and all of those wonderful things that I was told I wouldn't be able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But just also as an entrepreneur, to be able to really help so many women, you know, stop having pain every month or become mothers or, you know, feel like they have power over their hormonal chaos. It's just a really rewarding, um, experience on all fronts. So my little journey of my PCOS has really been a, a journey of a lifetime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you mentioned you started like noticing, Um, problems in your hormones as young as the age of 12 so is that something that's pretty common like you're starting to see women develop hormonal like imbalances that young or was that kind of individual to your situation
1: no I mean precocious puberty is on the rise for both boys and girls which is a really you know big problem because they're being overexposed to xenoestrogens in their food supply um, primarily through dairy and animal products that are not organically raised and have you know synthetic hormones injected Mm -hmm. into them to make them bigger or more productive. Um and also through environmental exposure, chemical exposure, you know, pesticides on the lawn, etc. Right. Um I once uh was consulting with a, a young woman who had the most debilitating cycle and just every Wacky symptom you could think of, and I just—it was such a weird moment. I just asked her. I said, "Did you grow up next to a golf course?" She said, "We lived. Our backyard was the 18th hole." And I said, "You, what the the severity of your symptoms does not match your age category. Like you need to go be evaluated for you know <laughs> some some exposure to these types of chemicals." And yeah. that started her on a journey of of real real recovery. Um, so I think, I think A, there's that that's happening, and B, um, you know, puberty is is a moment where we have it's a first hormonal inflection point for girls, right? So you want to watch if you're a mom and you have a 12 year old daughter or 13 year old, you want to watch how she's doing. What are her symptoms? Is she breaking out? Is she moody? Is she tired? Is she hungry all the time? How are her cycles? Does she have a cycle? Is she gaining weight? Whatever these symptoms are, this is a really her body's cry for help. Her Mm -hmm. body is struggling to sort of go through this process and it's not supposed to be a struggle. So you want to intervene, not necessarily by assuming that you need to put her on a medication, right, first, what you want to do first is try to explore what you can do, right, with diet and lifestyle, because that, especially at such in, a, in such a young ecosystem, right, mm-hmm. you can get enormous results from you know improving your daughter's diet and to have you know giving her some child-appropriate supplementation mm-hmm. um, to really help her body deal with what her body is dealing with hormonally. Uh, to set her set her up for hormonal success as opposed to what happens to so many teen girls right is which is you start the process it doesn't go well you have problems from the beginning they get worse throughout your teen years you feel like the only option is to go on the pill because that's the only thing that's being told to you meanwhile it's never been studied uh the safety of taking birth control pills in the teenage body Mm -hmm. because, and why that's important is because you should know that the teenage brain does not finish developing until the age of 22. And that's significant because what's supposed to happen in puberty is that a part of the brain or the pituitary gland contained within the brain, right? is, Is establishing a regular conversation between itself and the ovary. And if you then put in a medication like synthetic birth control, which shuts that down mm-hmm. totally, right? And then you expect a decade, two decades later, for that person to come off that medication where they've never completed that process, and then have a healthy cycle or healthy fertility—that's never been studied. And what you know, I've been seeing for twenty years is that that can be sometimes really problematic. Yeah. You know, you've got to address the issues as they're happening in real time. And if it makes anybody feel better, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists is on board with this. They Mm -hmm. decreed in 2015 that your cycle must be considered your fifth vital sign. Right. So for any of you who, you know, are thinking vital signs, that's like what they do in the emergency room. Right. Take your blood pressure, your temperature. And now in our post-COVID world, right, you all know how serious you would be responding to an elevated temperature, right? Mm-hmm. You would you would know what to do, you would take action, you'd hydrate, you'd seek out medical attention, might take something. When your cycle is off, right, and you're having symptoms from PMS to acne to bloating to mood swings to heavy bleeding to clots to missing cycles, what you name it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you haven't been given the proper information that's scientifically correct. And instead you've been fed a lifetime of mythology inherited from you know some sort of misogynistic past that says, oh, women are destined to suffer and your period is a curse and whatever issues you have, they'll, that's you're stuck with it for life. Complete and utter garbage nonsense, like has no basis in any scientific reality I've ever seen. But because you've been taught that over and over again from multiple influences, mm-hmm. you have a piece of biofeedback equivalent in importance to a elevated temperature and you do nothing. And if you did nothing when you have an elevated temperature, wouldn't that be bad for you? Yes, it would. But if you did that for your cycle, you just think it's fine, mm-hmm. which is flawed, mm-hmm. right? So- If you or your daughter are having cycle issues, you wanna take that seriously, as seriously as you would take an elevated temperature and you wanna get into massive action about trying to address why that's happening and make it better, not just ignore it. That is 100% the wrong thing to do and we've gotta stop buying into this mythology that's made us kind of in a zombie-like way, just like believe that that's all that we can do.
0: Yeah. So, for the, I, I know at least in my generation, that was the most common thing. Like when you were of, you know, teenage age and you started to experience fatigue or cramps or anything like that, you got put on birth control and that was how you solved all of your problems. And now we're all like at the stage where we're like, okay, we're ready to start families and we're all scared shitless that like we're going to be off birth control for the first time in 10, 15 years. And, not be able to conceive like you were saying so many people struggle with that for the people who are coming off birth control what is it the same process of you know lifestyle and diet trying to work your body back to the way it's supposed to be well the thing about being exposed to synthetic birth control
1: is that it's a very micronutrient depleting um, experience and that's really really an important thing for you to know that while you take that medication it's stripping you of the very micronutrients the vitamins and minerals that your endocrine system needs to function properly from a hormonal perspective. So whatever issues you had going on it, right, which by the way, had an element of micronutrient depletion that were part of the root cause of those issues back in your day before you started taking the pill, now have gotten worse because they've been compounded by you haven't been addressing that micronutrient depletion and you're taking a medication that's compounding that micronutrient. So when you go off this medication, you should expect things to be potentially more problematic. Mm-hmm. Now, there's um, a, re- a free resource on the Flow Living uh, website that you can download called Birth Control Rehab. Which helps you understand how to safely, with your doctor's supervision, because this is these are hormones. These are this is serious medication, right? And you all know how onboarding to, um, you know, birth control can have a whole host of psychological effects, and you know, depression and anxiety, and we feel really weird when we take that medication, right? Coming off of it can be equally disruptive. So you want to do that under your doctor's supervision, one hundred percent. Do not just decide cold turkey you're going to stop taking your pills. But leading up to that, for three months, we recommend a particular protocol with food changes and then also heavy, heavy micronutrient therapy, meaning taking supplements that we know have been depleted while you were taking that, that medication. Those are the balanced supplements that you can find on flulumoming.com. These are the ones that I formulated um, after, you know, two decades of research into what does the endocrine system need to function optimally and what and what are these micronutrients that are being depleted from the pill so it's this really powerful um, tool that you can use to help your body recover if you've ever taken them and and I say that ever because Let's say you're like, oh, well, I went off the pill five years ago and I feel fine, but I am trying to conceive and that's, you know, not going well. Well, that's an indication that you may have some micronutrient depletion because the body will not go through the whole process of 3D printing a tiny human being unless you are overflowing with an abundance of nutrients with which to manufacture this person, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just think about it for a second. Not only does your body have to out of the void of like nothing, make a placenta, a whole organ, like from scratch, from what you're eating, but then also has to make a person, their bones, their brain, their organs. This, you have, your cup must runneth over with micronutrients. So if you're depleted, if you've had a history of dieting, extreme dieting, extreme exercise, detoxing, doing wacky detoxes, I know some of them are really have been popular over the years. I won't name names, Um, (laughs) uh, you know, caffeine, stress, taking synthetic birth control, all of these things put you in a position where you are likely micronutrient deficient. And if you are, your hormones don't work right. Your fertility can be compromised. It's not a good position for you to be in, um, you know, for your goals as uh, from a hormonal point of view.
0: So you mentioned the synthetic birth control pills, do other types of birth control like the, you know, the patch or an IUD, do those affect your body the same way?
1: Yeah. Anything that's secreting hormones, you know, the copper IUD, which does not secrete hormones, doesn't obviously affect your ovulation. um, But it can make cramping a lot worse. And the other thing about the IUD is it's a little, you know, it's a little extreme, right? You're putting in this thing that is very rectilinear into your, you know, soft tissue, it can puncture the uterus. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that unless you've already had children uh, Mm -hmm. because of the risk factors and most gynecologists don't either. Um, So, you know, that's not an optimal thing. What I would recommend, however, is for all of you to like, start checking out the amazing advances in birth control technology that have been coming out of the femtech entrepreneurial movement. So to, so listen 70 years ago when synthetic birth control you know came into our lives as women it was an important and game changing thing and i am pro you know con- you know everybody having access to this 100%. What i'm not a fan of is using it like you know distributing it to everyone for every period problem because that's not what that medication was designed for nor does it fix your period. In fact, you should all just be aware that If you're taking that medication, you don't have a cycle at all. Mm -hmm. You have no ovulation. And I know we're going to talk about the new book in a minute about the infradian rhythm. It shuts down your infradian rhythm. Um, You have no phases. You just have maybe occasionally breakthrough bleeding, which will eventually go away too as your hormones settle into their very low levels. This is not. This is hugely problematic for you. Um, I would also recommend you read a book called Doctor, uh, by Dr. Lori Hill called Your Brain on Birth Control. It turns out you're not even yourself on mm-hmm. birth control. It cha- fundamentally changes your personality um, and your preferences. It's, it's really, uh, it's an, there's enormous opportunity cost mm-hmm. um, between your health and your life. Um, and, and, but from a long-term point of view, it robs you of ovulation. And that's a big problem because every ovulation you have protects your brain, your heart, and your bones today and for when you stop ovulating when you're postmenopausal. So if you don't have, you know, and you've got approximately four decades in which you can ovulate and, you know, minus the months that you're pregnant and breastfeeding, right? So let's say three decades, right? And then you are two decades on a medication that doesn't let you ovulate. And then you go into your postmenopausal years and your bones are brittle and you're, you're having more risk of dementia and heart disease. I mean, this is not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Fundamentally we can, we deserve a better solution. And now with all of these female entrepreneurs in the femtech space, trying to develop those, we have them. You don't need to use this extreme medication if you don't want to, to prevent pregnancy, right? Cause keep in mind, you're only fertile for 48 hours the egg is only viable for four, 2 days and if sperm had been introduced into the body it, it can live for 5 days so then you got to you add that together so there's a total of 7 days consecutive that have to be uh, com, you know around when the egg drops where you're fertile. That's it. And for anybody who's trying to conceive, you know how difficult it is to get that timing right. Mm-hmm. So this whole, this whole like, you know, you can get pregnant at any time. You need to be completely protected at all times. It's also not scientifically accurate. Mm-hmm. So you can look into things like using basal body temperature tracking apps, um, luteinizing hormone apps, uh, tracking apps. And then when you are fertile, instead of taking synthetic hormones, there's now technology that is FDA approved. It's, an, it's, it's a gel that you can insert vaginally that changes the mucosa of the vaginal canal to make it inhospitable to sperm. They just kind of like can't swim in it and they die before they make it to the cervix. And it's something that you put in before you have intercourse, if you're having intercourse with the male. And then it, you know, flush, it washes out naturally. It has no hormones, no issues, and you just have to use it on your fertile days. So you have to use a combination of tracking Mm -hmm. and using this, right? And frankly, if you're not tracking your cycle, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Because these, this is like the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists said, this is your fifth vital sign. You should be tracking your cycle, its symptoms, how it's performing daily and evaluating it monthly all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to find a tracker you like. I built one called the MyFlow tracker, and it's a tracker that doesn't just tell you when things are happening, it tells you why things are happening and what you can do if they're not going well, right? It teaches you how to respond to this biofeedback, like, oh, I have acne during my ovulation phase that's actually different than why you have acne the week before your period, for example, right? So it's going to teach you why that is and what you can do with food and lifestyle to mitigate those symptoms so that you can have a better period month over month, get rid of your cramps, get rid of your PMS. And you can download that at myflowtracker.com.
0: That sounds really cool. I like that. I As I get older, I... I'm just like, there's so much information that I need someone to just like spoon feed it to me because it's so hard. There's just so many different things. So when it's an app that easy where it's like, this is why that's easy enough for me to handle.
1: Yeah. I mean, a bunch of years ago, women were like, can you please put your encyclopedic knowledge into an app? So I don't have to be learning all of this or keeping it in. I mean, and I get that. I mean, no one loves your period more than I do. And so (laughs) no one knows as much about it as me. So I, I'm happy to have put it down in a way that, you know, in the palm of your hand where you just get the information that's relevant to you when it's relevant to you, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to have like a fire hose of information coming at you like you might be having right now, but you can have, <laughs> um, you know, little drips and drops of it as you need it.
0: Yeah. So what does the process look like? Um, you talk about your flow living process. Can you give us like a little summary of what that looks like and how it's going to change your body?
1: Yeah, so the flow protocol is really based on how do we support the function that the endocrine system is trying to do, right? So instead of trying to spot treat symptoms, right, it's really about, um, you know, working with how the endocrine system prefers to work. And it turns out the most important thing to the endocrine system is safeguarding the transport of glucose to your brain, your heart, and your muscle tissue. So if you don't get your blood sugar management correct every meal of the day, especially the first one in the morning, you're basically screwed hormonally for the rest of the day until you sleep and reset at night. So that looks like maybe making changes like eliminating caffeine on an empty stomach, having a breakfast that has a good combination of fat, protein, and complex carbohydrates, whatever it's going to take to stabilize your blood sugar, and then figuring that out for each meal. The second step of the flow protocol has to do with addressing the adrenal response. So many of us are burnt out, stressed, and anytime your adrenals are overactive or underactive, that really has a negative effect. On your hormones, so we work on that, and then the third piece, and it has to be in this order. This is also significant. We do it in order of importance in the in the endocrine system. So a lot of people start with a detox. It's the wrong thing to start with. You can't. Your body won't really get the most bang for the buck if you start detoxing randomly. You have to start supporting your blood sugar first, then your adrenals. Then we move into. I don't really call it detoxification, but we support the pathways of elimination so that you can have a more efficiency around metabolizing estrogen. So many of our hormonal problems from PCOS to fibroids to endometriosis have an estrogen dominance uh, you know, issue attached to them. And that, that's a combination of things that are taking place in the liver. The liver is not breaking down the estrogen properly, but then also your gut is not then um, you know, dealing with that estrogen either. So we work on that too. Once you go through that that triage, then it's time for you to sort of ma- be in a maintenance mode, right? Your new, your new normal, you've addressed all the issues, the underlying problems, your symptoms are getting better. And this sort of takes us into book number two, which is called In the Flow. And In the Flow is the first book that ever describes something called the infradian rhythm. And this is something that you should know about because it's holding you back from having your best health and your best life in, in general as a female. So we all know about the circadian rhythm, right? It it's, it's an important biological rhythm. All the biohacking community is really into making sure they're synchronizing their activities with their circadian rhythm. But the problem is that women have been historically left out of medical fitness and nutrition research. And as a result, we've just been there. There's been this horrible assumption. Horrible, dangerous assumption that is, well, whatever we're studying on men should work on women. You know, they're just kind of maybe smaller versions of guys, which is it's a shock. It's shocking to hear it out loud because you know it just really exposes how um, out of date that thinking is because it's cl- absolutely not true. I mean, we see that all over the place. We have different immune responses. We have different hormone patterns. We have different everything. Um, we are women, we're not tiny versions of men. (laughs) So we we need something that's specific to us. But what we've been doing is trying diets and fitness programs that have been all tailored to optimize the male hormonal ecosystem, which, oh, by the way, follows a circadian rhythm. Your body follows an infradian rhythm in addition to the circadian rhythm. So you have a dual biological rhythm system you have to what it means is like for example in the first half of your cycle your metabolism is slightly lower and in the second half after ovulation your metabolism is slightly higher so you can eat fewer calories in the follicular and ovulatory phase but in the luteal phase you must eat 279 more calories per day this has been documented this is not like you know some nice idea this is studied okay from a fitness point of view, if you, so, just this whole thinking that we've been told, like, oh, you have to eat the, you should strive. The best thing you could do is to, to try to maintain the same caloric intake every day. That works if you're a guy, and that really hurts you if you have an active infradian rhythm. If you're cycling, female, right? Um, same thing with workouts. Like, hit workouts have been very, you know, mainstreamed in the wellness media about that being the gold standard now of how to get fit. Well, first of all, there's new research that coming out saying that that actually is not true anymore. But second of all, doing the same workout intensity every day at the same time for women is a bad idea. It does not line up with your your biochemistry. And here's why, resting cortisol levels in the first half of your cycle are lower. So you can and should do high intensity cardio, high intensity interval training. Once you're past ovulation and you're in the luteal phase, your resting cortisol levels are higher. So you must avoid cardio and only do slow strength training without a cardio component like Pilates or just lifting weights or holding a plank, you know, sitting, squatting up against the wall. If you keep doing your cardio and your HIIT workouts after you ovulate, guess what happens? You turn on fat storage and you turn on muscle wasting. So... Anybody who's ever struggled, people ask me, how have you maintained a 60 pound weight loss for 20 years? Well, it's because I do, I, I understand how to work with this biological rhythm, the infrating rhythm, and I work with it with my caloric intake and my workout intensity. And that's sort of this next level piece of the protocol, this fourth step, which is called the cycle syncing method. I created this method to help support, to give us a finally a system, a framework, a schedule, a pattern of self-care that lines up with our actual hormonal patterns so that we don't continuously disrupt them and create hormonal problems because mm-hmm. that's exactly what will happen. Um, if you, for example, don't eat enough calories in the luteal phase, that's gonna really exacerbate your PMS, your hungry you know, irrit- irritability factor short-term, but long-term that can deprive you of the micronutrients you need to make enough progesterone to have a healthy luteal phase, to conceive and maintain a pregnancy, all of these things. We have to start taking care of our bodies as they change in real time. You have four distinct hormonal ratio signatures across a cycle. One for the follicular phase, one for the ovulatory phase, one for the luteal and one for the menstrual. That's how the physical things take place in the body, right? For example, when your hormones are at their lowest hormonal ratio signature, that's what signals the uterus to release the endometrium. If that doesn't take place, the endometrium will stay there, right? So these are really powerful, profound moments, these four phases, and we're ignoring them. We're not supporting them. And that's what the cycle syncing method really helps you to do. And it has become officially now, according to Vogue's latest article about it, the new wellness trend that every woman needs to know about. You know, if you check out TikTok, we have 5 million women who are hashtag cycle syncing on TikTok. It is, uh, we have, you know, female sports pioneers from Gabby Reese to Danica Patrick, celebrities and other influencers who are all really passionate about getting the word out about this cycle syncing method because it's already, Uh, insulting enough that we have had substandard hormonal health care for generations, and that we've been fed a whole bunch of lies and mythology about our hormones to begin with. But then it's sort of adding salt to the wound that we now are getting marketed to, you know, diet and fitness programs that have only ever been studied on men that will never get you the results that you want, and that could actually damage your hormones and your fertility for the long term. So, it's really um, important that you understand what this infradian rhythm is and how it works. The book In the Flow, which is my second book, has chart after chart. Chapter four has the food charts for each of the four phases. Chapter five has the workout charts for each of the four phases. Chapter six has the sort of project management. Turns out you have to sort of change your project management as well, your time management, because your brain changes up to 25% over the course of the month. So you have different strategic superpowers throughout the month to play to those strengths. And in chapter six, I built the first time management tool that women can use that incorporates both their infradian rhythm and their circadian rhythm. So you can plan within one day what's going to be optimal for you based on where you are in the cycle. And of course, all of this is also part of the MyFlow app. So it can tell you what's happening. If there's a cycle syncing feature, it's the only app that has this. It's gonna tell you which foods to eat, which workouts to do. And we even have a membership called the CycleSyncingMembership.com where you can get grocery lists, recipes, meal plans, workout videos, time with me every month and community support of how to really start supporting your infreating rhythm and using the cycle syncing method. And once you're sort of in that maintenance, right, then you're really now biohacking like a woman. Now you're really protecting proactively your hormonal balance long-term so that you don't have to continuously do this hamster wheel of activity that we all have done, right? Like you do something, you try to get healthy, you feel a little bit better, and then you go back to your normal ways of doing things and then your symptoms come back or new ones crop up, right? Once you start using the cycle syncing method, that really, there is no backsliding. You're now actually supporting yourself biologically the way that you should be. And you just start to feel better and better and better because that's how nature designed you. You, The female ecosystem is, I would argue, the one of the most powerful ones we have. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, it's really an exciting thing. I'd highly encourage you to check out. Uh, the new book, In the Flow. It's uh, the most cutting edge information we have right now
0: on the infradian yeah. rhythm. That's awesome. So the whole process, like if if I were to read the book today and start, you know, trying to get, you know, my cycle... I, I Organized, like yes, sorted out. <laughs> yeah. How, how long does that take? Like for someone who's not struggling with, you know, I, I definitely as a woman, I'm sure the hormone imbalances are there, but I don't struggle with any like type of PCOS or anything like that. What would that look like for me? How long does the process take? Well, for you,
1: you know, given what I've heard, you've had some exposure to birth control and you have no major issues. Mm. I would simply, you know, have you do something like take the balance supplements to get yourself, um, you know, back to a good balance level of those micronutrients. Um, And then I would have you start the cycle syncing method to really, optimize your cycle and, you know, prepare yourself for whenever you are ready to conceive so that you're really dialed in with your cycle. And that you, you know, you'll feel the benefits of that immediately. Um, but for someone who has more complex, entrenched, long standing issues, um, you know, it can take a couple of months, three to six months, but mm-hmm. typically that's it. Um, and if you think about, you know, the, the balance of like, you've been on you know you've had problems for 10 to 20 years and within three to six months you can have major results you know that's not a big amount of time really but you do have to do the work you can't you can't think about it you can't just be thinking okay i'm gonna balance my hormones you have to to roll up your sleeves you know get in the kitchen you know change what's on your fork that's going in your mouth take the supplements do the thing change your workouts do all the stuff and then it just it starts to flow and that's the whole idea behind in the flow which is and flow living which is that Um, if we work with our bodies the way that our bodies have been created, that actually we eliminate hormonal chaos and we can get into a flow state with our biology. And that's really how you're supposed to
0: feel. Mm -hmm. All right. I have a couple of questions from followers. Um, One is, does this tackle low libido? Like when you change everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. 67% of women are sexually unsatisfied. So let's just
1: start with that. And You know, the issue is that um, some of that is because we're mismanaging our infradian rhythm and we're, you know, we're really zapping our energy without, you know, in unnecessary ways. But the other factor which you'll learn about in in the flow is that without an understanding of how your sex response and sex drive changes across the infradian rhythm, um, you may have a judgment that something's wrong with your libido when there's not actually anything wrong with your sex drive. So I'd encourage you to, really pick up the book and learn a little bit more about your body's sexual response before you pass a judgment about something being wrong with your libido, because a lot of you're not supposed to have the same sexual drive or response or even lubricate self lubrication every single day of the month, it does change. And what needs to change is your understanding of that. And, you know, dropping judgment around that. And typically, more women than not, um, don 't have a libido problem, but there are those that do because again they 're just not using the knowledge of the infradian rhythm to take care of their diet and fitness plans and by the way, the u s women 's soccer team, if you need some convincing that it 's going to be okay for your fitness and your weight goals, the u s women 's soccer team uses this understanding of the infradian rhythm to train their female athletes. And I've gotta say they're pretty stellar athletes. So if you wanna have the kind of fitness that you've always dreamed of, you gotta get in the flow.
0: Yeah. And another question was totally different, but about acupuncture, using acupuncture to balance hormones. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think acupuncture can be a really phenomenal tool to assist the body's uh, healing mechanisms. But at the same time, you have to do your part, right? Any thinking that you have that there's gotta be some magic pill or some somebody else can do this for you, that's, you've gotta really address that head on. You have to get into a direct relationship with your body of what I call compassionate, Uh, sorry active listening and compassionate responding so if you are actively listening to the biofeedback from your body you're looking at the color of your menstrual blood every month to see how your hormones are doing you're tracking your symptoms every day of your cycle and seeing if there's anything that's problematic and then you immediately and actively respond with food and supplements and lifestyle changes that's the goal. That's what your new normal should look like. You should not just sort of wait until there's a crisis and then seek out, you know, extreme support. Acupuncture should be a regular part of your self-care routine, like, you know, going to the gym or getting a massage. You know, I think it's a really beneficial thing for women to do. I'm a big
0: fan. Wonderful. So if you could tell the listeners today one thing to do starting today, what would the one thing be?
1: Track your cycle with the MyFlow app, because you're gonna learn things that you had no perspective on before. This app is extremely unique um, in its information and content. And that's gonna really give you the perspective that you need to start making some changes. Um, and then you can you know, engage any of the products and programs and services that we have at Flow Living to help you get there. We work with women all over the world um, so we have a, a a whole virtual, you know, platform that makes that really easy and accessible.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all this today. I truly appreciate you taking the time to be here. I know you have a busy schedule, but I am super grateful.
1: Thank you for having me. I mean, I love chatting about periods. So wherever we
0: get to do that, it's fun for me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. As you guys know, your support is what keeps this podcast going. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating, review, and share it on social media and with your friends. Always use the hashtag, The Jessica Haysman Podcast, and I'll see you guys next week.